Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. Hey, Dune Baseball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Gibby Show, presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of Major League Baseball and the Gibby Show. Well, the Toronto Blue Jays are heading back home to begin their long-awaited first homestand of the season, and my podcast partner is heading up there as well this week. His bags are packed. I'm John Arezzi, and with me, someone I can now officially say is a best-selling author. The man whose book, Gibby, Tales of a Baseball Lifer, is officially out, and it's on the bestseller list up in Canada right now in nonfiction books. Uh, He's a former member of the 86 World Champion New York Mets. He's a two-time manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. He is a baseball lifer, and his bags, as I said earlier, are packed and heading up to Toronto for a very busy week. But right now, he's direct from San Antonio, Texas. John Gibbons. John, how you doing? Johnny, I'm doing good. And you're right. I am heading to the Great White North this afternoon. Looking forward to it. Uh, see a lot of good friends. So I'm excited. Yeah, you got some uh, cool stuff happening. First of all, congratulations on the best-selling book, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Does that really who'd surprise have, you? Does that surprise you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Who, who'd have thunk it? Is that the right term? Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know what? Uh, hey, I had some fun with it. I think people will enjoy it. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, you're, you're a modest guy. You really are. And like they're going crazy up in Canada for the book. So, but you know, it is a mod. You're a modest guy, and uh, it, it's an amazing accomplishment. It really is because people are really loving the book. Everything that's been out there, the reviews, uh, fans are taking pictures with their book uh, and putting it on social <laughs> media. So that's kind of that's kind of cool. That's kind of well, cool. well, you put it in motion, so I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And, you know, uh, sometimes they call me or a person like me the hub because I'm kind of a connector. I kind of put pieces together. Uh-huh. And, and this was an easy one to do because up in Toronto, uh, when I did my book deal with uh, ECW Press and and when I mentioned my uh, friendship with you, there was like we would give John a, a book deal in a minute. And it took a, you know, it took a while to convince you. And then when you said, yeah, let's see what happens. And then I made the call and it was like, get Greg Oliver uh, involved, who's a great writer up there, 19 books and hooked you guys up. And before you know it, here we are. I knew we should have, though, we should have put crayons with that thing. We should have give crayons. Yes, you it. wanted crayons to be included in the packaging of this book. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna maybe, do? maybe for the paperback. There you go. There you go. Anyway, we're uh, here to talk about what's going on. And, of course, uh, we have a lot going on. And your schedule, just to give everybody a little bit of an update, if they want to get together with you, meet you, get a copy of the book, uh, there's two uh, events that are going to be open to the public. And the first one is going to take place uh, actually uh, on uh, Tuesday night, um, 6.30 p.m. or Wednesday, I'm sorry. Um it is at the Toronto uh, Public Library, uh, and go to torontopubliclibrary.ca. It's a 7 o'clock uh, start, Q&A, book signing, and that is going to be at uh, 789 Young Street, second floor, Toronto. And so you're going to be doing that. And then on Thursday, uh, April the 13th, uh, you will be at Costco Wholesale on uh, Queen Elizabeth Boulevard in Toronto from 4 to 6 o'clock. And you'll be signing uh, copies of your book there as well. So, uh, and then you got a ton of media up there. So, uh, uh, are you going to go to the the home opener? No, I'm going to be I'm going to be laying in bed, ten toes up, watching the game on TV. There you go, having a middle of night probably. Yeah, listening to Buck and Shulman, I assume. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. It tastes like Miller time. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot to talk about here uh, today. It's been uh, an incredibly uh, uh, busy week uh, for the Blue Jays. They're finally coming home uh, today's show. Of course, we're going to discuss uh, that week. The hot players. I mean, what an incredible uh, uh, lineup that they've had, especially in those top four uh, batting positions. Uh, we'll discuss where the Jays are as they uh, head into this big home stand with the Tigers and then the red hot Tampa Ray, uh, Tampa Ray, uh, Bay Rays. Alec Manoa is in the news. He's getting some heat from opposing players. Vladdy Guerrero is also in the news. He wants to stay a Blue Jay for life. We'll cover these stories. Plus, we have another great gabbing with Gibby coming up later in the show, brought to you by Tim Hortons. Our guest this week will be 
a really cool guy, someone who's kind of a leader in so many ways, a former Blue Jay, uh, arguably one of the best catchers ever, Russell Martin. Uh, So we'll have uh, that on with the show later. And then we'll have another Roast and Toast inspired by our friends at Miller Lite. But first, let's go to the leadoff. The long road trip to open the season is now over. It seemed like it was going on forever. And the Jays finished off the first week and a half with a 6-4 and record. Overall, Gibby, what are your thoughts uh, taking a look at the team over these 10 games? A lot of the games have been slugfests. But what's your impression of the Jays as they head back to Toronto for the uh, uh, big opening week here? You know, Johnny, I think it was a good trip for him. It turned out to be, you know, uh, they lost, uh, they won the opener and then they lost a couple in, in St. Louis and then they moved on to Casey and Anaheim. And um, I think the indication of what kind of team it is is the way they bounced back in Anaheim a couple of those games. Mm. You know, they were, uh, you know, the, the opener, you know, Bo hits that big home run. Three runner, they're down. Almost, you know, it's getting getting late to to win that one, and then uh, they lost the the one in between. Then yesterday, down six nothing. Um, you know, it's it reminds me a lot of our team in two thousand and fifteen. You know, but I I knew Anaheim was in trouble when Tapera came in. Man, one of our old pitchers, Tep. I thought, oh no, Tep, man, Tep's gonna get <laughs> get tight against his old team. No, I'm teasing, but uh, that's really a good comparison. Uh, this team and the 2015 team, uh, the squad that never gave up, was a fighting every game. And this team seems to, in the early part of the season, have that same type of makeup. Yeah, they, they really do. You know, you go through their their offense, even the bench players. I mean, they're they're loaded. You know, when they're um, they're good young hitters, and there's yeah. you know, it's, 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 this group seems to have something a little bit special. You know, they 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 all seem to get along. They root pull for each other. You know. Um, and uh, that that bodes well for them. Now, you know, it's over the course of the season, you know, there's some things, areas that um, are going to have to be addressed. There's no doubt it, it happens with every team. In our, our case, in 15, we we were the best offensive league, but we were we were poor defense in a couple key spots. Until that was addressed, you know, we were 500. So, you know, things will pop up along the way, and they'll um, they'll address those. But I think it's a good start. Yeah, they got a lethal top of that lineup when I'm looking at uh, the leaders in major league baseball right now, when it's early, obviously, but when you look at uh, leaders and hits in this first uh, week and a half, I mean, number one, more hits than anybody else in baseball, Chapman, 19 hits, Guerrero right under him at number two, uh, 18 hits, Bichette, number three. So the top three hit leaders in the game right now are Blue Jays. And that's that's pretty amazing. I mean, you go to average as well. I mean, Chapman leads major leagues in, in averages, 475. Guerrero's number four, 439. Uh, so, I mean, that top of the lineup, those first four slots are, are are incredible right now. Oh, yeah, and they're good. But, you know, it's kind of it's interesting. You look at, you know, the history of the Blue Jays. Otherwise, you go back to the 93 season when they were, you know, they won, they won it all. Right, they won in ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, I apologize if I'm wrong on that year, but you know, at the ago. top, yeah, yeah, you know, you have Molitor, Olerud, and Alomar, top three hitters right. in the league. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Then you then you flip to the then it then it was a lean twenty two years, right? In fifteen, team finally came back together, you know, and but but you had you had Batista, Donaldson, and Carnacion, right? Three hammers, right? And now you look at this team right here, you know, those names you just, uh, and then you then you got. You got Springer leading the way, you know, proven veteran that uh, makes things happen. Yep. So they uh, they're they're going to be a tough tough uh, lineup to navigate for those the rest of the teams out there. And uh, if they get some pitching, you know, and, and they 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 hold steady there, then uh, you know, and with the extra wild cards, there's no way they're not going to get in, uh, right? Unless something tragic. Right. I mean, out. Chapman especially Chapman when he hit that grand slam yesterday. I mean. You thought it was going to be a losing day. And then all of a sudden, bam, grand slam. They come back. They lose the lead. They come back. And the thing about uh, Romano, I mean, he is uh, still the saves leader. He had five saves, but he did blow the save uh, yesterday, but got the win uh, in, in in Sunday's game. So, uh, But he's, he started off pretty well as, uh, as the closer. Oh. Oh yeah, George. George, one of the best in the game. He's only going to get better, you know. He's still young, and uh, you know, with with Chappie, man, 
you know, he's free agent year. The timing's yeah. right for everything, right? You know, he's always been a, a great player in the game, but it looks like his mm-hmm. offense is going to him in the next level a little bit, maybe. I right. wonder if, if uh, Don Mattingly has something to do with that, you know? Donnie Baseball, one of the a great hitter, you know, with Good the point. New York Yankees. And he's just got, you know, I don't, I don't really know him, but he's just got that presence about him. And, and uh, I think he probably the way he, he – I bet he talks about hitting a lot. And I think that's – everybody on that team will benefit from that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Donnie Baseball being there certainly adds uh, – just an enormous amount of uh, gravitas. gravitas. I mean, what an elite player he was and great manager as well. Uh, the only real uh, concerns right now, I mean, uh, one of the concerns is that uh, bottom half of the starting rotation, uh, Kikuchi, but uh, Berrios, I mean, he just looked like a deer in the headlights the other day. Yeah, you know, it's, it's still early, uh, yeah. but, you know, you know, people – I guess people have long memories too, you know, they're kind of, uh, you know, you, you go back to last year and, and uh, they, they both struggled, you know, Kikuchi had a, a good spring training had a good first outing, uh, what have you. And then, uh, but the, I mean, that's going to happen. I mean, you can't, you got to be fair to these guys too. And think, you know what, you know, they, they're not, they, they got to be allowed to have a stinker, right? Clunker. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is you can't have too many of them. Right. And, uh, Right. Uh, but I mean, I, I didn't see Kikuchi's game, but I, you know, I saw Barrios when he pitched, and uh, you could just tell he he he, uh, he could tell his confidence was down, right? Because you know the, the kids had a lot of success, but you know what? When the game gets you down, and it's like nobody feels worse than him. He's like every, he's under the microscope. That's but that's that's professional sports. I just see he just makes too many mistakes. You know, he makes some good pitches. It's almost like he. Uh, you know, maybe he just needs to back down a little bit. You know, uh, sometimes you lose a little something as you get a little bit older, a little bit, you try harder. Effort in baseball can be a bad thing. Too much effort, you know, in the skill parts of the game. and Maybe back off and, and, and hone in on that command a little bit. Uh, because he, he can do it, but then the, then he'll, he'll, he'll hang a pitch or he'll, he'll stripe one down the middle and they, and they don't seem to miss it, you know. So, um, but you feel for him because you know he's out there busting his butt and nobody wants to do better than him. Uh, but true. it is a – as Josh Donald, Donaldson would say, it's a results game. It is. It is a results game. And uh, one guy that's been making the news, uh, even, you know, a guy that's been pretty emotional, who wears his heart on his sleeve a lot, uh, Jay's pitcher Alec Manoa. And he doesn't seem to have the biggest fan in Boston Red Sox outfielder Alex Verdugo. I mean, there was a story this week that broke that uh, – uh, Verdugo was accusing Manoa of going on the field, uh, you know, the celebrations uh, in the wrong way, being uh, a little disrespectful, like shouting guys down after they strike out and tell them to go sit back in the dugout. He's an emotional guy. But, I mean, what's your take on that, especially when p- players from opposing teams are now saying he's not professional or he's uh, disrespecting us with his comments? What's your take on something like that, especially because you know – you know, Alec, he's got what you say, that Buffalo mentality, and he's a, oh, yeah. he's a bully goes out there, and he's very passionate about what he's doing. So what's your take on this story? You know, Johnny, I, to, to be fair, I'd have to you know, have to been around it and see everything that's going on day in, day out, and hear that. But I will tell you this. You know what? That's part of who he is. Bench jockeying has gone on forever, right, the game. Maybe, maybe not so much anymore, but guys will rag other guys on teams and things like that. And uh, it used to it used to be ruthless, right? Um, uh, but you know, all it really is going to come down to you know, Alex. That's what that's what he does, and, and uh, he's just going to have to back it up. You know, I think what what will happen is a manager. What you have to look for, you know, okay, if you get you get, start getting carried away with things and it's detrimental to you and and your team, that's that's when those guys, where Snyder would step in. But I have a hard time believing that uh, Alex. Would go overboard in in uh, you know in you got to remember there's, there's stuff coming from the other side too you know oh, I mean, they had he had that deal with Cole and all that so yep I, I dismiss it's an, it it's you an know. emotional game and when you're in there and you're in the heat of battle things sometimes get a little emotional your your emotions uh, are there but you know you want passionate players you don't want somebody just like kind of like you know just pitch and and call it in you know here's a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve and he's a He's a winner. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, so you see how everything develops. But you know, if he goes over the line, you know, they'll 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 reel him back in a little bit. And uh, but yeah. you know, you never want to take away the uh, 
you know, somebody's personality as far as what makes them successful. Sometimes you need to pin their ear back a little bit, but I'd have a hard time believing Alex needs that. Alec needs that. Yeah. Well, there's a guy uh, who plays first base uh, for the Jays who had a sit-down interview this week with Sportsnet's Hazel May. He spoke his heart. It was a very uh, heartfelt interview. And the thing that came out of that that's really making news, and this is not the first time he said it, but he was really direct here. He expressed his desire, Vladdy expressed his desire to remain in Toronto for his entire career. And his quote was, I want to spend all of my life here in Toronto. This is what it is. I'm here to play ball. I know who I am. And the time is going to come. He wants to stay. What's your what's your take on this? Should uh, should he be extended? It ain't going to be cheap, but he wants to be here for life. What's your take? Well, I can't blame him. You know, we, and we know he doesn't want to play in New York either. Did he come out last year or something? And, and some, he didn't want to come to New there. York. That's true. No, exactly. But you know what? He's a generational player, right? He is. Uh, and he's, you know, he could end up in the Hall of Fame like his father, you know, and uh, if he keeps his pace up. Yeah. And they have they have no choice but to sign him, you know, and, and they have the money for it. Um, where you run into trouble, you start – I mean, there's, there's a few guys on there that you got to pay that, that you want long-term because they're, they're that good, right? Well, you but got Chapman. Jay- you got Chapman, right? And you, yeah. you got Bone a couple of years, right? I mean, so uh, – but, uh, like, teams like the Braves are doing it. They're locking up these guys. Uh, with yeah, Vladdy, think- he may be a little bit more higher price because he would be north at 300 mil to lock him in, I think. Yeah, but, you know, it's worth it to him. You know, he's such a, he's such a special player. And they got the money. All those owners out there got the money. They may, they may tell you differently, but they uh, – uh, yeah. There's a lot of money but- in the game right now. But you, but you, talk, you want to talk about a PR nightmare, disaster? If you don't, if, you know, especially when he comes out and says like he wants to stay forever, you know, he kind of ratcheted up a little bit. But he deserves that, you know, because he's going to be one of the best top two or three players in the game for for a number of years. Yeah, and his uh, free agency uh, uh, will be after. I'd like to be his agent. There you go. I, 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 well, I you're like heading up there. Agent. I mean, you're going up there. Why don't you have a little meeting and see what can be done? Oh, exactly. I mean, I. You know, if you're a best-selling author and everything and the legacy you have in Toronto and how revered you are, I think Vladdy would uh, take your uh, suggestions and advice and you'd be a well, uh, well-served well to represent him at this time. Hey, everybody in the world would want to be his agent, wouldn't it? Talk about oh, yeah, easy exactly. money for crying out. Easy money. Exactly. Exactly. Well, those are the, you know, the big stories um, as uh, the, the Jays head up and it's going to be a, a great week and it's going to be a big series against... Uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, what an amazing run uh, that they've had to open this season. It's crazy. Well, well, you know what? They're good. There, there's no doubt about it. You know, you keep hearing out there, well, you know, the, the schedule. There's no doubt the schedule was in their favor. But, you know, they're still playing major league teams. And on any given day, you know, somebody, uh, uh, autumn feeder could get a great pitch, well-pitched effort. And they'll beat you because, you know, they're major league players still, right? So, yeah, it it uh, you know I mean even you can even say the Blue Jays had the the uh, schedule in their favor, you know you know Kansas City, St. Louis, Kansas City, I mean Anaheim coming off their track record, you know, uh, and then open up with Detroit. That's the part of that's the beauty of baseball. But everybody in the end has to play the top teams and things, so it all it all evens out. But it never hurts to get off to a great start. But that's not going to last. There's too many good teams in that league. That's true. Well, you're listening to The Gibby Show, presented by Miller Lite and uh, John over the weekend. I mean, what a busy baseball weekend it was. Enjoyed uh, some Miller Lights, uh, you know, the authentic. Some? Did you say some? Did you say some? I had more than one Miller Lite this weekend. It always tastes like Miller time. Always tastes like Miller time. It does. And it's uh, the flavor you want, uh, less of the stuff you don't want. uh, And it's uh, it's authentic. I mean, the legacy, the authenticity of Miller Lite, uh, it does. Shoot them straight, baby. Shoot them straight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it it uh, it's a great beer. And now it's time for Gabbing with Gibby with uh, special guest Russell Martin brought to you by Tim Hortons. For baseball fans on the go, Tim Hortons has a snack for that. New savory pastries are available in herb and garlic and jalapeno flavors, baked fresh, 
throughout the day and now served warm. Oh, I love it, man. I told you I've already had the jalapeno version. And I'll be on the move up there, so I'll be uh, I'll have my share of the snackables on the run. You can bet on that. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be uh, hitting Tim's every day while you're up. Every morning. Every morning, every probably every afternoon. <laughs> and this week's Gabbing with Gibby. We got another good one that John has lined up. Uh, he is a native of East York, Ontario, uh, one of the elite catchers in the history of Major League Baseball, a mainstay with the Los Angeles Dodgers, the New York Yankees, Pittsburgh Pirates, played for the Blue Jays from 2015 through 18. We'd love to welcome right here today, Russell Martin to this week's Gabbing with Gibby. Russell, great to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the intro. I'm, I'm getting a little red. I'm getting a little red now. Well, there you go. And you're with a, a, a gentleman that uh, you worked with and uh, was on the same team with through some really glory years for the Blue Jays, Mr. John Gibbons. And you guys can reacquaint yourselves with each other after so much time. Hey, Russell, I don't think he built you up enough with that introduction. Are you kidding me? There were so many <laughs> accolades. I didn't know where to start. All I got to tell you is this, people listen out there. Russell was our backbone. He was, he was the leader of our team. You know, we had, uh, you know, we had, we had some, prime players right you know donaldson batista and carnacio we were we were really uh, uh loaded with superstar but russell was the kind of the go-to guy the backbone you know he kind of he kind of keep himself but he put out some fires he would in uh and i don't know how many guys i would ask uh i never told him i said who's the guy out there i'd ask the lesser players because batista would have said oh it was me or donaldson said, yeah, it was me i said who's the guy on that clubhouse man who's the main man and they all said Russell. And, you know, I knew that, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, he made a huge <laughs> difference in my career. So, Russ, that, but that was you, you know, uh, you kind of located, you did your thing, but uh, you were the leader. That's, I, I appreciate that. I mean, as a catcher, it's kind of, you know, you're, you're a leader by default. You know, you got to take care of your pitchers. Um, and, you know, I guess there's good catchers. There's catchers who really, you know, don't really – so some are a little bit more selfish and they just care about maybe their offense and, and, and things like that. But I, I kind of learned early that, you know, one of my best offensive seasons in 2007 uh, with the Dodgers, our, our team did horrible. And and I got called out the next year in spring training. And, and uh, one of the coaches was like, the only thing you care about is your is your hitting and your offense. And I really took it to heart because it's totally not true. Um, the one thing I care about is winning. Right. And and whether you have a good day or a bad day. And that's the cool thing about playing a team sport. When you win, you feel good in the clubhouse. You're playing music, you know, guys are in a good mood. Um, so, so it was, you know, and, and, and that was the thing for me was, is I kept guys in line because I just wanted them to, to, to stay focused on the task at hand. And that's to, to get W's. And, and if you do that, and if you get everybody, you know, on the same page and, and everybody wants to win, and all the other stuff kind of just gets in the way. Sometimes you think about, you know, your statistics or, or how you're playing or whatever, all that stuff is, is irrelevant because you should just be focusing on winning. And when you do that, it kind of just frees you up and, and, and it gives you a good team vibe. You know, Russ, that's so, that's so true. You know, uh, you played 14 years in the big leagues, right? I don't want to shortchange. It was 14. Like you, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to let you be humble, but I said, do you know how many years you went to the postseason? As the catch, let me. The catcher is the main cog on the team. I don't care what anybody says because it's 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 understood. If you don't pitch, you got zero chance to get to the postseason, and the catcher's leading those guys. But but ten years, you went to the postseason yeah. ten years out of fourteen years. If that doesn't define a winner, I don't know what it is. It just kind of it sums up what you just said. Yeah, well, I I, I, pre, I mean that's the goal, right? I mean the goal is to get to the postseason, then you know. I've been to the postseason ten times, but I've never been to a World Series. So, uh, you know that's that's the one thing that I that, that I miss. But um, you know, it's a grind, 162 games, and just getting a chance to get to the postseason. You know, every time you you, you feel grateful for it. Um, but you're you're right. I mean, you know, as a catcher, you're you're every pitch. You know, you're you're playing a part of it, and and it's sometimes it's just all all no normally all teams have good pitching. It's just getting the guys to, to understand themselves, you know, knowing their strengths. And then as a catcher, it's, it's figuring out, you know, what's working that day 
and being able to like adjust on the fly because it's a it's a game of adjustments, right? It's like you, you can have you can have a plan and then something happens where you're like, well, shoot, man, this guy doesn't have a slider today, or he doesn't have his changeup, or the fastball command isn't great, you know. And it's like, like and, and instead of forcing the issue, you, you gotta you gotta be able to to adjust. And and uh, I feel like I did that really well, and I and I work well with my pitchers, and 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 you know throughout the season it makes an impact. And and plus I I put a lot of pride early on because I, I transitioned into catching after my first year of pro ball. And one of the main things was the receiving, you know, receiving the pitches, getting a strike call here and there can really change a game. And, and, and throughout my career, I feel like that really, really helped out, you know, the pitchers in the team. Oh, there's no doubt. Hey, let me tell you the big thing in the big thing in baseball. Hey, what do you notice? Everybody catches on one knee now. Do you notice that? A lot, a lot of catching on one knee. I don't think I, Russ, I don't think I've seen anybody that's not, even with guys on third base and it's like, and they, everybody just, but my point is that, you know what? I had never seen anybody <laughs> do this when you're behind the plate, right? It, it, you know, you get down on your knees sometimes, nobody on bait, whatever, but you, you had the flexibility right. and the mobility, but you would, you take your glove, your glove would lower when that guy's about to release ball. I've never seen anybody catch a low ball. so naturally like this, right? Most, most guys yeah. would catch it up here and take it out of the zone, you know? You had that, and that's like right. you kind of almost, you know, you almost set the precedent for that because everybody look and go, damn, that ain't that ain't a strike. But you had that, you know, that's a gift because a lot of guys yeah. can't do that. You know, a lot of guys are just worried about catching the damn thing. Sure, yeah, I think it's just practicing, and, and you know, it's something I was I was taught, or you know, early on is is if the pitch is low, you know, you're you need to be below the ball and bring it back up towards the zone. I'm just trying to funnel pitches back towards the zone, and and. The way to explain it is there are, there are pitches that are working their way back into the zone that you're trying to work with. And then there's like, let's say like a slider from a righty um, that's working its way out of the zone. Well, that's one that you kind of want to go get out in front and kind of stick and, and keep it from leaving the zone. And that's all I tried to do. If a pitch is working its way back in the zone, I'd funnel it back in towards the zone. And if it's working its way out of the zone, I try to like be like either – you know, just I, I guess it's just funneling it back towards the zone, and and I worked on it, and I guess through a lot of practice and and and, and feel, um, you you get better at it. But I, I look at guys catch now, and there's a lot of good receivers out there now. I don't know if it's because teams are just looking for it or they're putting emphasis on it or whatnot, but there's there's a lot of good receivers out there, and and when you got a good receiver behind the plate, it, it I mean it makes a huge impact on on pitchers. You just look at their numbers; they they can get better when if a guy goes to a team who who previously, you know, the guy didn't have a really good receiver or whatnot, and he goes to a team where, where the guy can catch his butt off, it's, you know, it can, you know, you can have some better numbers there for a pitcher for sure. Well, you can make their career, you know, but, hey, no, yeah. I, no, I, nobody's nobody's done it better, man. I've seen a lot of good catchers, so. Uh, right. I appreciate dude, you, Gibby. Dude, dude, you're kind of the pro, you're the poster boy, man, for crying out loud. <laughs> Yeah, Russell, I mean, what I want to uh, talk to you about, really, I mean, it's a different era, you know, pitch comp, pitch clock, uh, which is something you didn't experience during your storied career. I mean, how would a Russell Martin adapt to what's going on in the game today as a catcher with the pitch, pitch clock, but of course, with the pitch com, uh, it's, uh, it's a whole different way of playing the game. Yeah, I, I honestly don't even know exactly how the pitch com works. I just think you press a button and the, and the pitcher either wants to throw that pitch or, or maybe I think he has like the, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how it works, but, but it's not the game, we'll but it's not the game. I mean, I was watching uh, the other uh, day, you know, Chris Bassett, obviously very methodical pitcher uh, with a wide selection of different pitches. He had problems his first two starts. And finally the other day, he was just kind of like, I'm just going to let the catcher call it because he was having so many problems in the beginning of that game. And then he settled down and pitched really well. So, uh, you know, that was just kind of my uh, question to you is like, this game yeah. has changed so, so much with this new element. So, so I know, like, I think Bassett was the one calling his own game at first, right? He was the one on the mound calling his own game. Yes. I, and he couldn't do it. There's some, there's, there's some pitchers that are good at that and, and, and that can do it. And, and I'm not saying he can or can't, but what happens is, you can get compromised on the mound. Let's say you have a, you know, you're getting a cheap hit here and there and you're getting frustrated. 
and like your your mind and then you have to call your own game and sometimes you get compromised where it's like the brain is not really thinking the right things or or you're not in a good headspace and and that's why i feel like the catcher is 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 the most the best viable option to call the game because he's not the one on the mound you know if the guy's getting shelled here and there is like the catcher still can kind of keep his composure because he's not the one throwing the pitches right so he's just kind of trying to be like the conductor and trying to just manage that game that way um but I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know Bassett personally. Um, but if he's got a ton of pitches, and, and I can see how it can be complicated when you throw in the added stress of like, I need to get this, I need to throw this next pitch, and I and I got ten seconds to get ready to get set on the mound or whatever. That's crazy. You know, like I, I'm I'm worried about when we get into August and September, and these games are super meaningful. And then you see on deck, you got a certain, you, you got a matchup, and then, you know, like. As a catcher, you're trying to think like, okay, what's the best pitch here in this situation? Like, this is our season's on the line, and I got 10 seconds. And like, and if I don't, if, and if I don't make the the the, the decision in time, well, it's going to be a ball or whatever. Like, that's really not what baseball is about. I I like the yeah. fact that the game, that the pace is is it's a better pace for the fan. It's fun until you know you make a wrong decision and then you regret it for the rest of your life. Well, it's because of the added pressure that's from the pitch clock or whatnot. So. So, I, you know, I think we can adjust and, and there's there's a reason for it because there's a lot of sometimes wasted time in the game. But as we get in September, we get late in the season, I'm really going to be interested to see how how the pitch clock's going to affect guys. Oh, no doubt, man. You know what? It's especially, yeah, like you said, late in the game, the game's on the line, man. You know, we go uh, in the WBC, the final game, Japan against the U.S., the final at bat, right, Trout? And Otani, it was yep. almost like thirty seconds yep. between each pitch, and and nobody had a problem with that. Everybody because this is what like the greatest bat in history or something, right? You know? And it's and it played exactly. out the way, you know. And see, I think people, I think they're trying to drive up the, the younger crowd to enjoy the game. And they like the faster paced stuff, but where the nobody has a problem with the game's exciting. But you know how base baseball can be a slow moving game when yep. things aren't, you know. And and I think people get bored That's with true. that. But but we're I. I I agree with you. You know, I, th- I think we're tinkering too much. You know, the, the game can be, we got to leave it natural as we can. Right. And, uh, but you know, I get. Yeah, I think get... it's tough. I, yeah, I, it, it's tough. I mean, they're, they're, they, they want, they want to keep people interested in the game and, and uh, you know, the, the, the new generation is, is definitely, you know, the attention span is definitely not as, as long as it used to be. I feel like so. But, yeah, uh, and, and you know what? Then they like to sh- shorten the bases, right? There's, I don't know, the, the base pass are a little shorter now. Okay, so we're trying to help out uh, the fans enjoy. It. We're gonna help help the runner out when we're trying to hurt the catcher, or what? I mean, what what, what are we trying to do here? You know, I mean, it's like. Right. Speaking of that, because there, there was a a play that happened over the weekend: the Pirates and the White Sox, right? This a, a slide at home plate. I don't know if you sure. saw the play. I, I saw the tail end of it, but like, you know when they they. Made the adjustment in the game, uh, you know, the Buster Posey rule, they called it. And uh, my feeling was they tried to do that because, you know, injury-wise, right? But I don't think that many guys were getting hurt, were they? Am I missing something? Oh, in the Occasionally, but it's not like it was a common thing guys got hurt, was it? Yeah, I, I, I like to look at those numbers to see how many guys got hurt at plays at the plate in, in, in recent years. Um, you know, the, it's... I think it's something that you learn how to do. the The only the only reason, you know, P- Posey got hurt is just like it, it was kind of like a short hop, and 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 you know he kind of bobbled the ball, and he was really in a bad position. Like normally you would you would never want to leave yourself in the position that he was at and he was in when he got hurt. Um, and and you know I, I understand that they're trying to like Buster Posey is is was a franchise, right? So like you, you get you risk one of those guys getting hurt. And that's not kind of what you want. And it's kind of the same way as how's, how they're protecting the quarterback, right? And, oh. and and that's that's kind of creating issues too, you know what I mean? Like you don't know exactly like what you're supposed to do and then you get in an awkward position and that's how you get hurt, you know, when you're kind of like uncertain. So, and and that's, you know, like that's what happens with guys that plays at the plate sometimes now. They're like, Am I, can I hit him? Can I, do I not hit him? Do I sliding? And then they get caught in between. And the next thing you know, you, one of your best players gets hurt, which, you know, injuries do happen, but. It, it's uh 
you know, I, I'm definitely biased because I loved, I loved the plays at the plate. It was, I, I thought there was probably one of the most exciting plays in the game. It you know? is. And, 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 and it's like the timing and, and if, you know, if you feel like the guy's going to, going to run you over, you get out the way, right? Like you're not just going to stay there and let the guy just, you know, steamroll you over there. Um, but some of the best plays I've ever had were, were those bang, bang places to play. And, and the guy's got to make a decision. Like he's trying to score run and, um, you know, it's just that the one thing that can happen is when the, the ball's in the right field and you kind of lose sight of the runner. And if it's bang, bang, or, or the runner is, gets there just a fraction before you get the ball, that's when you can just get clobbered. And it doesn't happen very often, um, but it can. And I, I remember getting clobbered once and, um, I'm just glad and I'm just glad the guy wasn't, you know, 250 pounds. <laughs> but, hey, it, you know, hey, what's wrong with going up to your catcher and say, like, whoever your manager and say, hey, listen, I don't want you blocking the play. Hey, Buster, you stay out of the play, right? And if the guy scores, you score. Now, you, you got that backup on the team, right? That the only reason he's in the big league because he's so fu- such a fundamentally good catcher and that's part of his game. Hey, now you block the plate, you know, so it could be team to team, you know, but you know, we we're right. talking about, you were, we we're talking about the, uh, the, the pitch clock is stuff. say you get to the seventh game of the world series, right. And you get, you know, the, the winning one scores and you got to send it to New York and say, well, did the catcher give him room to slide? Really? Instead of whether he actually tagged right. him before he hit the play. No, the judgment called some of these, these, some of these umpires, you know, you know, uh, yeah, did he give him enough room to slide? Really, that's going to be the decision to win the World Series. Probably won't have, but you never know. You never know. Yeah, you would hate. You would hate for, you know, the, the World Series to be decided on a te- technicality of of you know like a certain rule that they just changed or whatnot, or the guy's out of the box and he's taking a deep breath because it's the World Series, and then he's getting called strike three because he he did, he he wasn't back in the box in eight seconds or whatever <laughs> exactly. it is. You know, that would be wait, what a way to end the World Series. Fuck, great. Exactly. Super, all the fans will be excited. <laughs> hey, the commission will be happy. But anyway, hey, what do you uh, what do you you watch the team much? You seen the team play much? I know it's just just started. But uh, any thoughts on the Blue Jays this year? I on I haven't been watching that much. I I know that it, it seems like offensively they they've been doing pretty good. Um, but I I haven't really. I watched a couple games in St. Louis, and uh, but since then I I've been traveling a lot. So, um. What do you guys got? What do you guys got on the Blue Jays? Tell me a little bit about them. This year for me, I've really become like a diehard Jays fan. A dynamic team, a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, uh, and they don't give up. That's one thing that I've noticed about the Jays is they don't give up. uh, Even when they fall behind, they're coming back. So I've been really impressed with the team, and I think it's going to be a great season for the Blue Jays fans this year. Nice. Nice. Cool. Yeah, Yeah, they they can slug it out. Yeah, kind yeah, of reminds me of uh, back kind of reminds me of fifteen and sixteen. We uh, we we get down to five, six, seven runs, and it didn't matter. It was like, nothing. We're just one big, yeah, one big inning away from being right back in it. Hey, but you remember one thing: in fifteen, you know, you can you can have a great offense, but if you don't pitch, it's going to catch you. Or if you don't play defense, you need pitching and defense. Yes. Well, if you look back, remember two thousand and fifteen, right? Uh, we were we were we were pounding the ball. And, and our pitching was solid. Our defense was bad, you know. And it, it, in uh, you know, Jose, God bless him. Jose had lost his range at shortstop, right? Balls are trickling through there, right? And then we were playing uh, Valencia and Calabello in left field, two first basemen that were because yep. you know at it in in the and so when then then the trade deadline came, we brought Tulowitzki in, you know, and Hulo when he was, he cle- he cleaned up that infield mess, you know. And it, it nothing against yeah. Reyes, but he he lost his range. He got older, man. That's what that's what happened. Tulo cleaned that up, yeah. right? And then uh, yep. Ben Revere in left field. Now Ben's taking away hits instead of balls. It should be so. It just shows you yep. you can you can outslug, but that, that defense defense wins championship. Am I right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. You there's time doesn't run out in baseball. You need to get twenty seven outs, right? And and. And every time you seem like you give like a free a, a free base or something, that's when the other team just like they start salivating and it just like snowballs, right? But when you're taking hits away and 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 you're making plays, it, it's even the other way. It just it kind of just like you know just keeps the 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 opponents from getting any momentum whatsoever. You know what I mean? And it's uh, I, don't, I I I'm a big believer that you know pitching and defense is is definitely the way. And and if 
offense definitely doesn't hurt. You know, it definitely no. has some wiggle room here there, but it's it's over over time and over a season, pitching and defense is premium, I feel like. Oh, there's 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 no doubt in every sport, man. If you don't play defense, you know, but anyway, yeah. so all right. So what's in the future, man? You know what? I people ask me all the time, you know, since I since I was was fortunate to get a chance to manage. Who's going to man, you know, who do you, if you hit on your teams, who do you, who's the next manager in waiting? I said, oh, I don't even hesitate. Donaldson would think it would be him, but it, no, it wouldn't be Donaldson. <laughs> it would be you. And I said, well, whenever Russell's ready, right, you know, and, and, uh, and I saw you just got, you, you were on the coaching staff with the, at the WBC, Team Canada, right? I was. I How was, was that? That was fun. It was good. It was a good time. I, you know, just, just being around the game. I had kind of been away from the game for a little while. Just being at home, I got three daughters now, so four, three, and and eight months. So Dang. That's, that's, that's hey, you finally figured so, it out, huh? <laughs> trying to trying to figure out. Yeah, I probably would be better at managing a baseball team than managing my daughters, but uh, um, oh. but I mean, no, it's great, man. It's it uh, the family life is awesome. That's what basically what I've been doing, um, spending time with with the girls, um, and I've always thought that you know when maybe when the kids get a little older um so in a couple years when when the girls all the girls start school and stuff maybe you know i I get back into it um because uh you know being in the wbc just kind of gave me that uh kind of like that itch back you know that i hadn't had it uh because when i was done playing i actually the transition thing was kind of easy i I didn't want to play with nobody in the stands and it, it just seemed like you know, baseball kind of had lost its excitement for me because it just didn't seem like it was fun. So, so the transition from, from being a player to a non-player was, was really easy. And, and COVID was kind of like the the, the reason for yeah. that. Um, but after being in WBC and, and being around the game and, and, and just, you know, having the fans there and everybody excited, I was like, damn, this is it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to be back in the locker room. Um, so uh, I, I don't know what the future holds, but but maybe, maybe one day, you know, I, I kind of progressively, you know, get back into it and, and maybe I can be like a, you know, a, a special guest every once in a while and, 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 and you know, and with the Blue Jays or, or whoever it may be, you know, but I'd like to just, you know, stay in touch with the guys and stay in touch with the game. The game's changing so much. I feel like if you stay away, from, if you get away from it too long, you, you end up being like a dinosaur kind of thing. No, no, you're right. Well, there's four, four teams out there, you know, the, the Dodgers, Yankees, Pirates, and, and the Blue Jays, you know, four, four teams you play for, right? Four of the, the best uh, the best franchise in history you go back, right? And they'd be, all be smart if they bring you in the spring training and things like that, keep keep you stimulated, keep you around there. Because, you know, baseball has been your life. You've given a lot to the game. Um, there's not there's, – people need to focus. Like, hey, nobody's won more than you have, man. You get, you get to the promised land – where you're supposed to be. Then you give yourself a shot, whether you won one or not, you know, you, you give the team a shot and uh, you've anchored all the teams you play for. So, but it's been a pleasure, pal. We appreciate you coming on here, man. Uh, enjoy that retirement, but you know, uh, there'll, there'll come a day you'll get back on the field. And uh, I just hope you leave me tickets, man. You can leave me tickets. I'll be your bench coach. Can I be your, I'll be your bench coach. I'd love to have you as a bench coach for sure. Give me guys. Hey, Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Um, and anytime you guys need tickets for anything, um, you let me know, you know, and, 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 and Gibby, you're the man, dude. I, I, I loved you as a manager. You're my favorite, you know, by, by, by far, man, just, just how you carried yourself, how you, you, you kept, you were so consistent every single day. Um, you know, you, you say I was the backbone, but like you, you, you were definitely, you were the, you were the actual glue, you know what I mean? You put, you kind of like kept everybody in line because there was a lot of characters on that team. And, uh, and you were able to kind of like, I don't know how you did it, but you kept everybody sane through the whole year in that hey. clubhouse, which is crazy. Hey, Russ, you just, Hey, Hey, it's, it's you guys in the show. Sometimes you just got to turn your back, man. You know, <laughs> it's a, Hey, let the boys go do your thing, man. Get, get out of the way. Cause you know, what makes a good manager. Great players, what? man. It, great players. I hear you. <laughs> and we had, and we had a man, but we appreciate it, pal. Hey, uh, go hit him straight today, man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheers. All right, Russ. Thanks, pal. John, you did it again. Another great gabbing with Gibby, man. 
Hey, Russ is the best, you know. And uh, it's fun to look back at guys that retired that I was fortunate to have a chance to manage. And, uh, you know, he's got three girls now. He's he's taking up golf. You know, if he – hopefully he may need not – have the desire a few years from now, but if he, if he ever does to, to manage, I, I think he'd be one of the top in the game, you know, and uh, he's, he's just got that knack. So I look forward to it, you know, someday to, to see what happens, but uh, I'm glad his life's going so well. He deserves that. Yeah. A lot of mutual respect. You could just tell there was a great chemistry between the both of you. I really enjoyed that. Uh, now inspired by our friends at Miller light, let's get Gibby's roast and toast for the week. Gibby, what's uh, your roast for the week? Ooh, God, plays at home plate, you know, yeah. and I don't, it, it just came to mind. It, it had absolutely nothing to do with, you know, the slide with the Pittsburgh Pirates or their young phenom shortstop cruise. It is right. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, and it's fractured. Yeah. Fractured. Anchor. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, those things have, I, I couldn't even tell you if it had, any, it didn't have anything to do with the rule or anything, but, but it just kind of brings to mind. I don't like that rule. You know, there's a, uh, and even Russell, you know, Russell tell you, you know, he, he, that was the funnest part of the game because it's about scoring and all that. And, you know, you guys aren't necessarily always sure where they're at, the, where they're supposed to stand, the catchers to take this. It used to be two the base runners would slide wide, you know, just to, because they knew the catcher was going to be there. Now they come a little bit more head on. And, and, uh, and they, nowadays they slide head first, which was, used to be a no no. Right. Guys can get hurt very easily that more, more so that way. And, uh, you know, uh, but now with this, you, you know, they, they don't have to do it. So uh, it's kind of like, I think all the rule changes are getting to me. So this, this, and I've been a catcher. A lot this, of them. Yeah. I just, I just miss that play. And, and I, I think there's, there's been too many close ones, you know, in the last couple of years that uh, those, that can affect an outcome of a game. So, but we hope Cruz is, 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 is uh, he'll heal up because he's a special player. You never want to yes. see that happen. And then and the bench is empty. You never want to see that happen. No. Uh, but you know, it is part of it. Yeah, it is. But, um, we got to go to your toast for the week. Who are you toasting this week on the Gibby show? Oh, it's gotta be the Tampa Bay Rays. My old player too, Kevin Cash, man. You know what? And, and, and the word out there is, you know what? They, the schedule, no doubt, no doubt. That, that's part of it. You know, it's, that's the draw, drawing the card, right? The lucky card there, but it all evens out cause you play each other and you, you know, and they're too they're in too good a division to to completely Ooh. run away with it. You know, there's no doubt. But but they do yeah. have the players. They got the pitching staff. You know, they got their offense is clicking if they stay healthy. They 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 play defense. They do everything really well. And uh, you know, they come to they come to Toronto soon. Like you said, at the end of the week, that'll be that'll be a uh, some games series. to watch. But um, yeah. you know, it's just it's just. Uh, Baseball's funny, you know. You, you, it's a momentum game too. You know, you start feeling good, you get off to that kind of start. You know, it's just like who was the Baltimore Orioles? Did they lose like twenty-one straight? Yes. To start start one season, so that they weren't they weren't very. It's just the opposite. They weren't very good, and they, I think it cost Frank right. Robinson his job, and and uh, or Frank somebody else got fired. Frank maybe took over or something, whatever. But you know, just things just start snowballing in a in a bad way, and then and then in the, it can be in a good way. In, uh, in a good way, yeah. And just uh, like the Blue Jays. Blue Jays yes. now, you know, they keep the, all those comeback wins. They had a couple of them on the – maybe two or three of them on the road. Those yeah. things start to snowball in your way, and you start believing things like that too. So, but yeah, I, I, I tip my hat to Kevin Cash down there. He, he's done a tremendous job. And uh, the Tampa Bay Rays organization, they, they, got this, they got a secret formula. I don't think they're sharing it with everybody, but they got it. No. Well, that's, uh, you know, the roast and toast for this week. Uh, of course, inspired by our friends over at Miller Lite. And, John, before we wrap up this uh, uh, edition of the Gibby Show, I know that you're involved in a special uh, project fundraiser for the Special Olympics. Uh, there is a beautiful photograph that your wife, Christy, shot of a Blue Jay that was in your backyard. Uh, that'll be signed by you and Christy. There'll be a meet and greet for the winning bidder uh, with you. Autographed copies of the book, tickets to a Blue Jays game in the future. Uh, hey. So that's really a special. That's, that's a special cool. uh, pri special prizes for the winning bidder, and it's a special organization that I'm sure that uh, you love. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know what? 
Well, it's a beautiful picture. Almost as beautiful as the person who took it, my wife. But, you know, it is a great cause, you know, uh, Special Olympics Canada. And, uh, yeah, when, uh, you know, Mark, our producer, asked me, you know, to be a part of that, it's, that those, those are things you want, you, you know, you, you'd love yeah. to do. And, and uh, anytime you can help anybody. And uh, yeah, so, so no go ahead bid on it. No brainer. If you want to make a bid on that pitcher and, uh, and then you get, uh, if you're the winning bidder, uh, I think uh, opening bid started about $700, which is. Dang. Uh, well, hey, listen for the, look at the package. You're getting a, you, a, a meet and greet with Gibby himself. I mean, that's gotta be worth, you know, that's, that's uh, that there's no price tag on that. No, Tickets I know. I'm saying that's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's pretty good for $700 opening bid. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested, you go to www.give gy that's www.giverty.ca forward slash soc auction place your bids and you might be meeting gibby in the near future that's a that's a downfall of winning that thing but hey, that's a, that's a complicated <laughs> website man i hope everybody's paying attention we might have to put that up on the board so they oh, can, they can read it. special olympics auction uh but it is uh we'll have our we'll have chris uh put that up so people can take a look at it if they're watching this on the youtube version of the podcast but a uh, special uh auction and uh a uh, great cause so, John, that's going to wrap it up. I know you're heading up to Toronto, uh, so you have a safe trip. Have a successful trip. Enjoy yourself up there. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be happy to see you and meet you uh, up in Toronto this week. Well, I can't wait. It's going to be kind of, it's been a while, you know, and uh, I love that place. So, And that's going to about wrap it up for this week's The Gibby Show. I want everybody out there to have a great week. We'll talk more baseball with you right here. Next week on the Gibby Show, go Blue Jays. Ooh.